25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. The crowd is just on his feet. They are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's go. Hour number two of this Friday show underway. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. Y'all check out my shirt. See that? That's walking bully. It's my new shirt. From the Mississippi State University Golf Course. This is, uh, let's see, the brand is Columbia. It fits just right. But it's my favorite, one of my favorite colors, black. And it's got the walking bully, the old-fashioned walking bully logo on the chest. Embroidered on there, not stuck on there. It's good. It's good stuff. See that? Very slimming, you know. What is? You like you lost 10 pounds since yesterday. What? Just wearing it's, black? Yeah. Is that that's right? Black is supposed to be a very slimming color. Kind of fades into your background too. Yeah, I really on the stream it sort of just looks like a head floating in the middle of the picture because I'm wearing <laughs> a black shirt. But no, it's um, I'm a two X and it fits just right two X, and it's not too baggy, not too tight. Anybody who's a two X doesn't want anything too tight, you know. That's all me. But <laughs> I love the walking bully logo. It's like a throwback to about twenty thirty years ago. Y'all want a shirt like this? Hit them up on Twitter there at Hale State GC. You know what GC uh, stands for? Golf Club. Hey, can you order online? No, that well, not yet. They don't have an online store just yet. But oh, that's gonna um, kill it when they do that. Uh, well, I mean, that's you got it. people listening in Atlanta, the Houston, the right, well, they're, Arizona. They're getting together. They'll have it pretty soon. And so, uh, Hale State GC on Twitter. You can contact them there, see something you like. You can go by the golf course when you're in town. It's just the university golf course just right off. What is that? Is it old 82? And then uh, you want to call them? Here's a number. So you know 325 is the university prefix. So it's just 325-3028. 325-3028. Give them a call. Get you a shirt like this. Uh, LSU and attrition. Honestly, think of a national championship team in recent years and have other teams lost the number of coaches and players for just different reasons right after the week, during the week after winning the national championship. Have other teams gone through this the way that LSU has gone through this since Monday? Think about it. Never, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it. Of course, graduation, Joe Burrow, okay? But then, what was it, six or seven other guys declared early for the NFL draft. Joe Brady, 
who brought the pass game, is now back to the NFL in Carolina. And then yesterday we get confirmation that defensive coordinator at LSU, Dave Aranda, is now the head coach at Baylor. I mean, they're going to have a new passing game guy, a new defensive coordinator, a new quarterback, a new running back, a new left tackle next year. Man. Can't hardly blame Aranda, though. I mean, they were, they, he was a punching bag for a while. You can't blame him for taking a head coaching job. Yeah, that's for sure. Get me out of here. These people could turn in a minute. <laughs> I need to find this. It's on Twitter somewhere to get it just right, and then I'm coming to the phone line. Was it Paul Jones that did it? Uh, let me see. Maybe Paul retweeted it, and that's where I saw it. Paul is uh, PJ247 Sports on Twitter. I'm going to see if he tweeted or if somebody else did, but I think he had it. Anyway, Dave Aranda goes back to that early, I think it was a, the 2001 Texas Tech team. Here it is. From Bulldogs247 on Twitter. Dave Aranda's hiring at Baylor means that Mike Leach has now had eight former assistants or players from the 01 Texas Tech team become head coaches in the FBS. That is incredible to me. Now, it goes back to 01 Texas Tech, but eight former players or coaches on that team are now head coaches in the FBS after Aranda goes to Baylor. Pretty doggone incredible. Roger, real quick, let me just tell you this before I go to the phone. I walked through earlier, and Annabeth was watching the presentation of Donald Trump hosting live on television today, Donald Trump hosting the LSU football team. He was telling the guys, y'all are going to be so rich. Yes, (laughs) yes, that's what stood out to me. And he turned around at one point during his speech, they're all in suits behind him, and he's standing there, and they're at the White House. He turns around and says something to Joe Burrow. And and what he said was, seriously, he goes, Joe, was, it, was there ever any doubt you guys were going to win the national title? Joe Burrow goes, no doubt whatsoever, sir. And <laughs> Donald Trump turns around to the microphone. There's a pause. And then he looked back at Joe Burrow and went, you're going to be so rich. You're going to make so much money. <laughs> It, I mean, the whole thing was kind of funny, uh, but but it was entertaining. All right, here we go. Gator Man hanging on the phone. Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Gator Man? Yeah, sorry, I remembered that, but uh, that's right. Dave Aranda went from the Golden Boy the past couple of years to the Whipping Boy when Joe Brady took that title of Golden Boy from him this year. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, two reasons uh, I remember what I was going to ask you about, and the other one was. Um, uh, DJ Durkin and the Patrick's guy, I think, are going to be like a co-defensive coordinator deal there. Okay, I mean, that would make sense. Uh, That would make sense because, you know, Durkin, a former head coach in the FBS, even with what happened, you would think, you know, he's going to coordinate something, right? I mean, I guess. Well, yeah, he was was, uh, was actually – before Muschamp got let go, he took over for Dan Quinn when Dan Quinn went back to be the defensive coordinator at Seattle Seahawks the year they won the Super Bowl. Okay. And, uh, or the year after they won the Super Bowl when, um, I think Marone went over to, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And then the year after that, Quinn got the Falcons head job, DJ Durkin. Okay. Uh, the and you're saying coordinator. Durkin and who are kind of co-coordinators in that side of the ball? Was it Finley? The the cat the cat from Michigan. The oh, guy, the Partridge. younger guy from Michigan. Partridge, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. 
I believe that's what, what the word is. But the other thing was, you know, talking about Joe Brady and where he came from and hearing all those things that those players uh, in interviews talked about that, that changed once he got there. The receivers, he gave them all these tasks to do over the summer, like catching 700 balls and, uh, you know, being surprised when they open a the door, have a ball come to them, catching golf balls, tennis balls, uh, ping pong balls, just hand-eye coordination, just over-the-top kind of stuff. Right. Do you think he learned that from uh, Sean Payton and his system? And if that is the case, man, I can only imagine what it would be like if Sean Payton just got a wild hair and said, you know what? I'm tired of the NFL. I'm going to try it in college like Nick Saban. Yeah. Do you think he would be uber successful like Nick Saban and just, you know, if he was at the right program with the way he, the, the way he calls plays, if he had, you know, the right guys to play quarterback, of course he would, you know, have Gator man, here's what I would say play. about it. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, it's it's impossible to know for sure. I mean, if you're asking my opinion, sure. Sean Payton is the kind of guy who, you know, he appears to me to be the kind of offensive coach who he's just going to figure it out. I mean, yeah. he's shown his mettle from, from an X's and O's and a play calling standpoint in the NFL. But as we know, the big thing about the the NFL versus college football is the recruiting angle. and. Yeah, yeah. You know, nobody accuses Nick Saban of being some great defensive play caller or even the best game planner. It's just that we don't even, we don't know because we don't get to that point because before all of that, sure. he's the best recruiter. He's got the best teams, the sure. best rosters every single year. That's not debatable. And so when you have the best players, sure. you don't have to be the best play caller or the best – game planner. You just have to be the best, you know, developer, disciplinarian. Yeah. And and if you got the best players, you're gonna win. It's not that way in the NFL. So they are two different animals. Appreciate your call. Hey, Gator Man, and thanks for the info. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thanks for the info and uh, calling back. All right. Keeping it going. Divinity Equipment Phone. Jay in Baltimore. What's up? Matt, it's about that time to get a little excited about our Lady Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, just a few days away from a huge game with South Carolina squad. Lots of talent on the floor, but clearly, in my opinion, not a lot of cohesion due to the fact that it looks like Schaefer's trying to tinker with the lineup a lot. What are your thoughts on his approach? And at what point do you think he needs, does he need to commit to a starting five? Well, you know what I think is he's, yeah, I mean, he's got to commit to a starting five. And I would say this it's Vic Schaefer. If he was to a point where he could, commit to a starting five, he'd have already done it. And as soon as he feels like he can, he will. But don't you – you know, what's weird is they keep winning, they keep winning, they're in the top ten, Jay, but because they're not beating people by 30 points, you're going, oh, boy, this is different, <laughs> you know? Cause, yeah. Because they're not blowing everybody out. I saw where Vic tweeted a big shout-out. He said 7,800-plus fans who were at the hump last night and uh, they beat LSU, but it, it wound up being a close game. They had a big lead, but didn't really finish the fourth yeah. quarter out that well and win the game by four points a lot closer than you would kind of expect or have expected in years past when they played LSU, you know? So I don't know. I just think I think they have some of the pieces, but this is a year 
where it's scratching and clawing during during the course certain parts of certain games because of their youth, and yeah, that's what it is, you know. And here's the other thing: we probably should a realistic view of this. South Carolina women's basketball is right now at a point where state's trying to get to. Um, they just had another what number one recruiting class in the country at yeah. South Carolina, and so they're stacking up the players. So is state, but state with all the success is still you can see it right now still at a point where he's still trying to get it to that point where every single year there's a mix of experience with youth that are you know the the, the number one class in the country. He's trying to build it to UConn. He's trying to build it to what South Carolina has had. And the evidence of the fact that we're January 17th and you still don't have that set five and you know exactly what you're going to get is evidence that there they may still be a year or two away from that. Yeah, I think they are. My biggest concern right now is you get in a close game. Uh, who gets the ball with, with 10 seconds left to score? I just When you need a basket, I just don't see that player at this, at this moment. I think yeah. there's some potential there, but... That's my concern. Thanks, Matt. Hey, Jay, before you hang up, um, I mentioned this earlier. I saw where you text in. I'm, um, well, he, he's gone. Jay, if you're listening, uh, Bart and Charlie, Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield, they put the stuff out on Twitter. You need to follow them. But they're launching a new Mississippi State baseball podcast. It is called Out of Left Field. It's the both of them. Let's see. I'm going to find the link here. It's called Out of Left Field, and the Twitter account is at Bart and Charlie, Out of Left Field. And um, they're going to do a weekly thing, breaking down what happened the previous week and all that. So I know you're a huge state baseball fan. You need to tune into that if you can. All right, over to the text line, 885-ESPN. No, I'll tell you what. um, Let's see here. Over on Facebook, to everybody watching on the Facebook stream, hey to you on this Friday. You made it to the weekend. Congrats. Clint on Facebook says, I hope our receivers go through some stuff like that so they could be really good. You know, Steve Spurrier Jr. is one of your receivers coaches. Uh, the other guy who, you know, is mentioned, Nickel, he's going to coach some of your receivers. These are guys who have been a part of Mike Leach's staff without even knowing any single solitary detail specific, I can say this with 100% certainty. Practice for the state receivers is about to change. I'm not saying that the guys before didn't practice right. (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I'm confident that practice for the receivers at state is about to change. It's about to be a little different. In what way, we'll find out. Ginger over here on the Facebook stream says, I think the girls' team goes all the way to the championship game in the NCAA tournament. What do you think? If they're going to do that, Ginger, there will have to be some upsets along the way, and they're going to have to you know, find that consistent scoring. They're going to have to find a little more consistency on the outside. Do they have the potential? I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen everybody play. Great, big, huge barometer for this team coming up against South Carolina. 
That we do know. All right, here on the text line. Ghost Texter, no name here, says, uh, I have a feeling that if Jalen Maiden stays around, we could see him at quarterback. Heck of an arm. Jalen Maiden redshirted this past year. He is left-handed. He is from the state of Texas. Uh, the thing about Jalen is all-around good athlete, throws a very catchable ball. It's never too hard. It's never too soft. It's never too wobbly. It's just tight spiral and very catchable and very smooth. I wouldn't doubt it one bit that you could see Jalen Maiden elevate in that competition. Some guys learn differently than others. To go just real quick here on experience. You know, people learn differently. Some guys, you can tell them about you know, receivers and reading defenders and you and do it with numbers. And you can go one, this is one, and that guy's two, and that guy's three. You know, and if number one, the linebacker, if he flies out, you're gonna come down here. If he stays up, you're going there. And that's number two. But if number two's not open, then you can go to number three, you know, whatever. You're reading defenders, you're not looking at routes and throwing the football. That's a big misconception out there. But other guys learn differently. Other guys, and I was one of those. I learn visually. I need to be able to close my eyes and picture things. I need to see it first, and then I can conceptualize it in my head. And so it really worked for me when I finally got a, with a coach that he taught it in such a way as it wasn't progression, it wasn't numbers, it was just simply like a painting on the wall. He would call a play, you know, whatever the play call is, this, 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 dot, 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 X and Z in motion, and then there's your play call. And then it was my job to be able to just, I could effectively close my eyes and I could see the entire play all at once. I could see everything on the field at once, like it, like looking at a painting on the wall. I learned that way visually. And once I started learning that way, I became much better and much more comfortable at reading the movement of a defense. Because then all I had to do, I knew what the play was. I knew where everybody was going to be all at once. All I had to do was see where the defense wasn't and go there with the football. And so when you have coaching changes and different personalities up there on the grease board drawing it up and meeting with you, sometimes it can be the right fit for another guy in the room. And they just learn it. And all of a sudden it clicks. And if it clicks, that guy will play because at this level there are no favorites. There's no some such thing as, well, you're an incumbent, so we're just automatically going to play you. That's not it. It's all about you go to practice, and whoever's getting you in the end zone down the field the most with the most consistency, that's who we're going to play. Don't care if he's short, tall, old, young, new, whatever. We're going to play that guy. And that's what they'll do. So anybody could. Anybody could. We got a text here on the text line. said, hotty toddy. That's all it said from a ghost texture with no name. Another ghost texture with no name said, who is our DC? As I've said earlier, we do not know. And if we do know, we'll tell you. Yeah, but I don't know who it is. Gator Nation. On the subject, Tom Brady said, he had fire in his eyes, but Belichick was the problem. Belichick needs to be the one out. Like punting on fourth and six with three minutes left. 
like on the last game versus the Dolphins, horrible time management. All the money Brady gave back, where did he where did it go? Not on offense. I know that. It makes me mad talking about it. Me and Brady might have to go elsewhere next year, but good luck, Matt. <laughs> How about that? One year of not winning at all, and you want a new coach. Come on, Gator man. No, I appreciate the good luck. Uh, look, Chiefs are going to need it. They, the Chiefs are going to need it because stopping the run game is going to be near impossible against Tennessee, especially, especially with Chris Jones basically out. As far as we know. Now, maybe he pops up and tonight and tomorrow he wakes up and he's good to go. But right now, the best defensive tackle for the Chiefs, former Mississippi State Bulldog from Houston, He's their leading sack man with nine. Last we heard, was not even going to practice today. So, uh-oh. Finally, Bulldog Blitz says, uh, we do all kinds of print, shirts, hats, signs, anything you can print on, embroidery, and can do the Walking Bully logo. I'll send you some shirts, just need your size. I appreciate that, Bulldog Blitz. Yep, got my shirt with the uh, Walking Bully logo. See that? Got that from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. That's my favorite shirt so far, no doubt. All right, just getting started here, Hour 2. Little ways to go with you. More on those playoff games coming up this weekend. More of your texts. Somebody's texting me about Steve Spurrier Jr. I guarantee you it's a guy who fans are going to like that guy. But it's not official yet. It's happened. It's not official official. And <laughs> We'll let you know when it is. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. As it turns out here, Bigglesworth is um, on the text line, he's not a big fan of Gator Man. Because <laughs> it's not just today. He's been actually texting about him for a while. Let's see. Bigglesworth says, earlier today, he said, Gator Man is as entertaining as having a case of the crabs. Come on, Gator Man. And then he said, Woo. Gator Man is the King Cobra of show killers. And then a not while the back. the King Cobra. Yeah, the Copperhead. Well, any poisonous snake would do, wouldn't it, <laughs> For, in terms of the analogy. And then this goes way back. He says, Gator Man is the bubonic plague of show killers. Dad, gummit, Bigglesworth. What do you got? I mean, what did he ever do to you? Shoot. You want to be a part of the show? Yeah. You can be. Call me on the Divinity phone. It's 995 1059 that is a 601 number, and you can text the show at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, and that's 885-3776. If you need Nobody throws shade like a sports fan. Yeah, I know it. That's Bigglesworth. Let's see. Ernest T. said, you need to have Bart on really soon. Baseball less than a month away. Well, heck, Ernest T., we had Bart on Tuesday, didn't we? 
That's available on our podcast in our on-demand section. At thezone1059.com. Man. (laughs) How about that, Ernest T? (laughs) We got some waiting on you. You asked for it, you got it. That's right. Just go there, and we talked to Bart earlier this week. We'll get him on again. So you're right. Baseball, we are now less than a month away from first pitch to the college baseball season. Who doggies? All right, here. Let's see. This says, don't we need to announce the defensive coordinator today since the dead period is ending? Well, hmm. Yeah, if the if the contact period, you know, if it's if it's opening up where you can now contact recruits, you can go see recruits and that kind of thing. If it's opening up, then the sooner you get your staff filled out, the better you're going to be. But remember, again, state is in a little bit of a different position than some other schools, not all, but some. In that, they signed what was it again? Twenty-two players in the early on the early early signing day, December signing period. Was it twenty or twenty-two? Seems like maybe they had like twenty-one commitments and they got an extra one that day on the early signing day. Nine are enrolled already. Twelve more have signed their letters of intent. There are two transfers in there also. So, I mean, you're talking about a total of 23 then when you include early enrollees and transfers and those who've signed letters of intent. You're talking about 23. So, you know, again, this is strictly for comparison's sake because we are in Mississippi. But if State goes and gets 23 new players on the first signing day, They only have two or three more slots that they could possibly, well, technically, two more slots that they could fill on the next signing day, the first Wednesday in February. Two, and that's it. And what I've read, uh, Paul Jones at Gene's Page has been reporting that State is going to look heavily at two more offensive linemen because Mike Leach likes to have a bunch of those. So as long as everybody stays where they are and you don't have guys that jump ship out of their letters of intent, which it does not appear to this point, I mean, they don't have. There's not a whole lot State's going to do in this contact period except for go recruit next year's bunch, which are the people about to be seniors in high school that are in their junior year. So you've got more time with them. That's all I'm kind of pointing out. Now, best case scenario, you know, you, you hire a coach when you get the right one as soon as possible and get them on the road. But to compare it, say, to Ole Miss, they have they they have 12 players that in the early signing period signed letters of intent so they can go and get up to 13 more in the next signing period which is the first Wednesday in February so it's a totally different situation for them you know you, you get what i'm saying i hope you do tried to explain it the best i can Divinity Equipment phone here on a Friday. It's just sort of a free-for-all Friday on the Divinity phone. Dr. Brojo hanging out in West Jackson today. What's up? I don't know, my brother. What's happening with you, man? Good show today. The, what do you think about the Black Mamba of Show Killers? How about that well, moniker? You know, I, I think that's kind of a compliment. I mean, the, who is the Black Mamba? Yeah. Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, I was going. I wanted to get your advice on something before I ask you a little bit about LSU. I work at an insurance agency, and we have a billboard, you know, kind of a sign out front. And I had a great sign that I was going to put up out there, but the Astros stole it. <laughs> I'll be here all all day, all day. All right. Tip Try your waitress. Tip right. your waitress. <laughs> Gatorman is a good dude, man. He he is a good dude, and he, I tell you what, he would be good if he had his own show. I think he and I may start a podcast, Attaboy. the Black Mamba and the Bubonic Plague <laughs> show. Thanks to Big, Bigglesworth, you'd be your first guest. So it could be yes, the, it could be the BM, the BP, and the BM show. <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, bubonic hey, Plague quick, and the Black man. Mamba. Yeah, what's up? I. uh can LSU go from one of the best teams in the nation to one of the most mediocre next year with yeah. everything that's happening? With that, that's a great question. I mean, that will some people will spin that yarn between now and next year, Doctor Brojo. But the thing is, it's like I've never seen it before, so I'm not going out on that limb and go, "Well, they're just going to be awful. They're just going to be a seven win team or six wins." Right. You know, right. let's face it they were they were good and average in year one with Coach O. In year That's two, correct. in year two with Coach O, in a lot of ways they were good and average, considering they had Joe Burrow right, in in, right, in right. 2018. And then this year, all of a sudden, it's another year with Joe Burrow. It's receivers that were really talented that a passing game coordinator came in there and totally whipped it into shape. He's gone. The right. defensive coordinator the defense, gone. It wasn't that great. Well, the defense wasn't that great to begin the year. I mean, I think they just got a little better towards the end of the year, and then, you know, you see Aranda's gone, and it's just uh, wow. I would, I just, I don't know, man. That program. I'm with you. Can you go from the penthouse to the outhouse? They've know? they've just got to hit home runs with with who they hire to come into those staff yeah. positions because Brojo. You know, there are some established coaches out there that would love to go and coach LSU's talent. But they all are going to know. Look at what you're trying to go in there and live up to. There's not right, a right, single exactly. solitary – there's not one single solitary LSU fan who next year, even because of what they've lost, is going to accept anything less than awesome. That's right. That's right, because they achieved it this year. And because of that <laughs> – The stakes because, go up, yeah. And so if you're a coordinator, let's say you're an established defensive coordinator somewhere. You've been at a place for ever how many years. You're already making nearly a million. You're a big-name defensive coordinator, right? You're settled. You're established. Well, maybe you want to go coach LSU's players, but you know good and well. Brent, Brent you know, Venables. Venables. Let's just use him as an example. He ain't going there, but let's exactly. just use him as an example. No, I, I hear you. I'll give you another name. Let's say Kevin Steele at Auburn, who's been really good. Kevin Steele is established and ready to go at Auburn. Now, he's going to know, if I go to LSU and we are anything less than outstanding in in the first year, LSU fans are going to throw an absolute royal hissy fit and want me fired. And the same's true yep. for whoever's heading up their passing game with a new quarterback. Heck, I feel I feel sorry for Miles Brennan or whoever the quarterback is next year. Oh my! Nothing oh. is going to be good enough for LSU fans. Bro, Joe, appreciate your call, man. That's true. Thank you, man. Have a great week. All right, you See too. You. See you. We'll come back and we'll wrap up the week with you next in the Farm Bureau Studio. Stick around. 
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. in here amongst us. Miko on the text line said, Matt, who are those transfers? I was going through the list over here at 24-7 Sports of signees, enrollees, and transfers for Mississippi State football. This list at 24-7 Sports has Brandon Ruiz, the kicker, immediately eligible having transferred from Arizona State, Brandon Ruiz. And then the other name there is a receiver from Louisville named Jay Banks Jr. Six two and a half, one ninety seven, and he is listed as being from Olive Branch, Mississippi. Apparently, though, enrolled uh, several years ago at Louisville, and I would guess then redshirted at some point. Maybe has a year left and has transferred to Mississippi State, and so he's listed on there. The enrollees for state. So these are names that if you're a state fan, Miko, you're going to see and hear and learn about, especially once spring practice begins, which is, you know, that'll be here before we know it. Those nine enrollees are running back Jaquavius Marks from Atlanta, defensive end Jordan Davis from Colin Community College, receiver Malik Heath also from Colin. Safety, Janari Dean from South Panola. Linebacker, Rodney Grochi from Pleasant Grove, Alabama. Linebacker, Tyrus Wheat from Colin. Quarterback, Will Rogers from Brandon. Corner, Cameron Threat from Olive Branch, went to Lewisburg High School. And defensive end, Trey Lawson from Gulf Coast. That'd be national champion Gulf Coast. So those are the nine enrollees here for the uh, spring semester, who should be and will be going through uh, spring practice. Games this weekend, the Chiefs and the Titans. Lots of Titans fans around here. Boy, I'm learning that. Seems like one hits me up on Instagram every day. <laughs> what do you think about the game? My Titans, my, 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 my Titans. There wasn't a whole lot of people talking about my Titans. They'd say Titans, but they wouldn't say my Titans for a while. Now they're saying my Tennessee Titans. Well, that's okay. They are winners. I just hope they aren't winners this weekend. Now, something to keep an eye on. This is huge. You could argue the two best players on a Kansas City Chiefs football team are a little banged up. Patrick Mahomes is banged up. I know i I just teased you on into that. Patrick Mahomes is fine. No, I'm talking about Travis Kelsey, the tight end, and then our very own from right here in Chickasaw County, Mississippi, went to the Bulldogs and then on to the draft, Chris Jones. Now, Kelsey, a knee issue, tightness, soreness. It bothered him last week. He still played. He still had a huge effect on the game. He's the best tight end in the NFL. Y'all run tell him I said that. He's the best tight end in the NFL. He might be the most versatile tight end in the NFL. He's without question the best route-running, pass-catching tight end in the NFL. But anyway, banged up. He's missing practice. But there, 
Kelsey's going to play. It's just a matter of, is he himself? But Chris Jones is a different story. Here's what Ian Rappaport said about our very own Big Chris. Different situation with him. He said, remember, he tweaked his calf in the middle of last week in practice. He was a game-time decision. There was a little bit of optimism that maybe he'd get on the field. Then he worked out pregame, and there was no optimism. It was obvious he was not ready to go. Such an important player in the middle of their defense with nine sacks this year, a Pro Bowl disruptor, but he's not practiced yet. While Andy Reid said he is improving, if he doesn't get out there on the field today on Friday, it does not bode well for him being out there on Sunday. Here is the quote from Andy Reid, who is very noncommittal about this. Quote, I'm not saying that he is not going to practice. I'm just saying that he's not doing it today. We'll see. Every situation a little different. I'll just see how it goes and see where he's at. Between the A and the T, try not to put him into a position where he gets hurt or hurts the team. You have to take care of both the team and Chris. Thanks for that non-answer, Coach Reed. I mean, I understand it. I just, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, it's a scary proposition to think, okay, Kelsey's one hit from going out of the game, and Chris Jones may not even come to the game, or at least in uniform. And, buddy, if there's anybody on your team who you would really want to lean on against the dang Titans, it's Chris Jones. All six foot seven, 300 pounds of him. Nine sacks, leads your team. Your best defensive tackle, most athletic, biggest, longest. <laughs> Dad, gummit, the Chiefs are going to have to score a lot of points to win this game. Trust me. Trust me. And then what about your Packers and your 49ers? Here's what I see is I see the 49ers winning that game. The 49ers are a run-it-down-your-throat, bludgeon-you football team with a very good quarterback. A heck of a defense. Now, they're going to give up points to Green Bay, but Green Bay's defense, as good as their defense has been, Smith and Smith, Preston Smith, former Bulldog, one of those, they're they're not run stoppers. They're pass rushers. It's not a great matchup for Green Bay. We're going to have a San Francisco-Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl, and I'm going to be there for every minute of it. Dot, dot, dot in my living room. Yeah, I'm not going. I ain't getting tickets to no Super Bowl. I got a lot better things to spend my money on than that one, especially I can watch it on TV from my house. Use my restroom and eat my food. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. Jeff, what's up, Jeff? Hey, man. You were just talking about uh, Jimmy G at San Francisco about how you know well he's played this year. I wonder if uh, Belichick had kind of thrown that back up to uh, all those owners saying, hey, you know, I told you that's where you needed to go and you just want to get Brady. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Well, and, you know, I'll say this, Jeff. I don't ever seem to buy into a lot of conspiracy theories that people bring up, but I will admit to you, there's been a whole lot of smoke billowing out of out of New England and Boston about the relationship status with Brady and Belichick and the ownership and all that, and not just this year, but for years, right? I mean, this really goes back almost three years where you've had these really weird, awkward moments and interviews and 
these non-answers from both Brady and Belichick. And then, like we've said, you know, the whole issue with not getting receivers this year and Antonio Brown, okay. Yep. And then Brady was like going to be Antonio Brown's best friend. And then the team was like, we're not fooling with him anymore. I, I just think right. there may be – there's so much smoke on the relationship front that there could be something to what you're saying. I'll leave you with this on another note. You were talking about defensive coordinators for Mississippi State. There's one out there that I think very highly of. And as a matter of fact, he scared the devil out of me when we played him Ole Miss this past year. Yep. What about Mac at Ole Miss? I'd be all for it. The guy can flat-out coach. Man. And- and it, you betcha. And here's the thing about it too. If you don't think he improved them defensively, I mean, big time. Big time. Look at what they did that first game against Memphis. Memphis was good offense. Yeah. You know. And so I, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm for it, brother. I am too. All right, man. Talk to you later. Yeah. Talk to you later. Look, and I, y'all can vouch for this. Mississippi State, Ole Miss aside, all that kind of stuff. The, uh, you know, a lot of times I get. Uh, you know, accused by a lot of state people of being, you know, too part impartial to Ole Miss or nice to them and stuff. My thing is, I don't care who they play for. I'm always going to lean towards players. I know how hard it is for players to be ready to play and what they have to go through. But on this, you will vouch for it from a coaching perspective. I said it before they played the first game. I said it afterwards. I said it throughout the year. Uh, Mike McIntyre is a real coach. He's the He's a real coach. And you go from Wesley McGriff coaching your defense coordinated to Mike McIntyre, and look what happened. It was a difference. And a lot of Ole Miss fans go, yeah, we didn't really set the woods on fire at times. No. With what? You know, you're trying to set the woods on fire with a two sticks in some cases. And that's hard to do. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried to start a fire with a bow drill. It's a whole lot easier when you got a box of matches. Okay? Alabama comes in here and starts a fire with a blowtorch. You know? They're, they're like my dad when he starts a fire at his farm in South Alabama. He didn't fool with starting it with a match. Roger, he's got one of these big commercial-sized blowtorches he hooks up to the propane tank off his grill, and he's like, <laughs> he, he can light anything on fire just like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Alabama's defense. They got players, a great roster. Not like that style. They had a few good players at, at, at Ole Miss, but I mean, their roster still was in need of adding talent, and still is in need of adding talent. And he took those guys and had them better, and and well coaching in the right spot and doing the right things from day one. Mike McIntyre can coach now. If they announce that today, it would be a good hire for Mississippi State. Is he a candidate? Don't have the slightest idea. That's just the honest truth. (laughs) The real Eric disagrees with me, and he says George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL. Matt, get it right. You're starting an offense with any quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, who do you want? George Kittle or Travis Kelsey? They're going to take Kelsey all day long. Remember I told you, have a great weekend. See you. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Well, just shoot up in here amongst us. One of us got to have some relief.